Hello and welcome to Under the Skin from Luminary Media. This week I spoke to Byron Katie, author and spiritual teacher. I'll tell you a bit more about her in a moment. Thanks for all your comments on last week's podcast with Karamo, which I absolutely bloody loved, as a matter of fact. Remember, we're on the new Luminary app now. Go and get it. And to get this podcast free for another three months, go to luminary.link forward slash Russell. Under the skin will only be available on Luminary from 20th of May. I'm in LA right now, so keep an eye on my social media feed for announcements and russellbrand.com for tickets. I'm doing like recovery live. It's really good and funny. You'll like it. Also, look at my YouTube channel for more of those spiritual videos that I do. You know those spiritual videos and clips from the podcast. And remember, Mentors is available now as an audio book on Kindle or in hardback in the US and Canada. And in uh, the US, it's Independent Book Day soon. Independent Book Shop Day, I think. It's not like that we want books to be independent, books to throw off the shackles of other books and shelves and get out there. No, Independent Book Shop. So even though I personally don't care if you buy this on Amazon and uh, contribute pennies and cents to Jeff Bezos's towering billions, you could also buy it from a little local bookshop but we don't know that person could be a psychopath in the little local bookshop you can't just judge people just because they're billionaires can we or can we anyway mentors is the key point go get it also rebirth is on netflix if you've not watched that yet you should watch it it's a good thought-provoking comedy show and who's that guy in it again oh it's me yeah uh, let's have a look at some of those comments from the karamo episode people liked it i mean i think people like the should we call it sexual chemistry? Susie Haywood go, just finished listening. Uh, hashtag under the skin without Rusty Rockets and at Karamo. Oh, we got at Karamo. What a beautiful, positive, love-filled conversation. I challenge anyone to listen to that and not get something positive from it. Thank you. And I'd like to issue that challenge to you, people of the world. Just go and listen to it. See if you can avoid getting anything positive from it. Maddie says... I'm not sure what's amazing at Rusty Rockets fangirling over at Karamo or the continual nuggets of wisdom being dropped in their conversation. Do you like the idea of a nugget of wisdom? Like an individual little nugget dangling like a tag, little tag, a nugget dangling in a crevice. Uh, Maddie Pioni for my thought, you're also known as. Um, this This podcast will take a couple of listens to digest. Yeah, thank you. I, I did love Karamo. I can't deny it. Bear goes. The latest at Rusty Rockets podcast with Karamo is just amazing. I feel like I've learned and grown so much just from this episode. I want to listen to these two every week. Well, you can because Karamo's got his own podcast on Luminary. I've got my own podcast on Luminary. It's on every week. Mallory Lambert go, can you two just have a joint program now? Amazing. Favourite episode yet. I loved when Karamo discussed comparison being the thief of joy and to basically just follow our own compass. I like that as well, dear. I liked it very much. Uh, okay, so uh, get in touch with us if you want to on social media, at Rusty Rockets, on Twitter, Instagram, at True Russell Brad. Tag me in your Insta stories. Why don't you? Now, there is a story about uh, sexual abuse that uh, Byron Katie went into without much warning so uh, if you feel you might be troubled by that or you're listening to it with someone that you think might be troubled to it there's a, there's a warning but now it's time for Under the Skin with Byron Katie trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not no, a successful that, route yes that, that, that's exactly right we're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss it doesn't look like an ideology What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told? And welcome to Russell Brand. Under the skin. 
Byron Katie, thank you for coming on Under the Skin with me. I'll be calling you Katie. Excellent. I'll answer to that. As long as that is <laughs> the correct term. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're very grateful to you coming here to do our first interview in Los Angeles. Uh, there's lots of things I want to talk to you about. This podcast is called Under the Skin, and it's a sort of an investigative and inquiring podcast where I've found my, even though sometimes I talk to people from academia, people whose expertise is in, in, in for example, politics or, uh, you know, sociology, um, I feel most at home when I'm talking to people about our nature as individuals and our ability to change and alter our hmm, well personas superficially but perhaps the the systems that underlie our personas um your work known as byron katie's work the, uh, this is precisely what you seek to address is that right it is it's um i years ago 33 years ago and um, i was on um, I was at the end of of um, more than a decade of depression, very deep depression, trying to raise three children, very difficult, agoraphobic, difficult to even lose my leave my bedroom, and and there was a, a strange thing that happened. I was sleeping on the floor because my self esteem, my self loathing was so it ran so deep that I didn't believe I deserved a bed to even sleep in. So that's pretty radical. So I was sleeping on the floor, completely asleep, and a cockroach crawled over my foot, and I opened my eyes out of that deep sleep without identification. And so I can't even say there was a witness there. It was more like a rhythm, if anything at all. And of course, that's seen in hindsight. And, And then all of a sudden, I saw through the window, trees and a sky and clouds, and I saw the window itself. I saw the roof. I saw, I saw a floor, and then I began to laugh. And it was, it was the first sound that I could say, you know, I would say then. It was the first sound that it made. It was the first sound out of itself. And it, it was the deepest laughter you can imagine after that many years of depression, a kind of laughter that wasn't even mine. It was free. It was just it was just free. And the laughter came from from seeing how I created the world, my world, of course. And it I was witnessing it, but it wasn't a um, it it wasn't a sky until I named it. And I didn't name it. It was automatic. And it wasn't a window, and it wasn't a ceiling, and and it wasn't anything until it was named, and it was like that, that I see it, you know, just naming it. So the moment I believed brought it into existence. So I brought it into, into existence by believing. So at some point, it's like, it stood up, still no identification, walked into the bathroom, looked into the mirror, and then the eyes in the mirror looked into the, these eyes, and there was a kind of extreme connection that took place, a kind of um, um, 
what, love, connection, and again, extreme. And so then it was um, the next three to seven years was all about how to live live out of out of the 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 not I. See that you had a like it went often when people talk about epiphany. It's well, I suppose that there's examples of it being induced as a result of practice as a result of you know sort of yogic practice asceticism and denial or chanting Mm -hmm. but your epiphany came as a result of a cockroach running over inverted commas your foot in the night it well it had nothing to do with the bug or anything it was just waking up so quickly the mind didn't have time to identify yeah and so in that space I was allowed this this gift of seeing how how my world was created. For example, if you're um, if you're at home with your mother and you're an, a child, mm. and she says um, um, she she says what it's it's a window. We'll use a window. It's a window, and it's not for you. And then she says window again, and other people say window. And then at in some moment, you believe onto it. And then that is the first time in your life you've ever seen a window or known it to be. So we have to believe to see. I understand that yeah. we live through signs and signifiers and symbols. I also recognize the experience of the temporary suspension of self one example that comes to mind from my own experience is sometimes in different yoga practices kundalini or sometimes in even hatha yoga when i like inverted with my head low i when i stand up again like people would anatomically or medically perhaps just call it hyperventilation or nearly passing out but what I experience is a temporary cessation of self that I am still experiencing external phenomena through the senses but not narrativizing it neither with the labeling of the phenomena itself or with Mm -hmm. a sense that I am the recipient or perceiver just a sort of uh, oneness non-duality non-separateness from then for me though there it it often the self resumes well always Mm -hmm. like I feel that in this moment when you talk about that experience and going to the mirror and looking in your own eyes and recognizing unity and love I understand it but over the course of today you know I've had anxiety that I'm not going to arrive at a class on time you know I still have that even after I'd say sort of 16 and a half years that's how long I've been uh, like working a program around drugs and alcohol even after that I still feel like I live with the tension with, between me and my ego me and my needs you know I've not had a kind of cessation of yeah. that yeah um, um, if if I feel tension because I'm going to be late I I have to recall a past, for example, when I made a commitment to be here on time so we could have some time together. And I would have to see in my mind's eye a future of me being here late, of you being maybe 
anxious and all this, let's say I'm in the car, and all this past future, these images of that I just described like that. Now, that is what we might call the dream world or the, you know, the movie. And we don't realize it's going on as, as a general rule. We don't realize it's going on. Now, we've never met. And I can see you in my mind's eye, and maybe I see you pacing, maybe I see you just not even remembering I'm going to come. You know, I see all this, but nonetheless, I've made that commitment in the past. So those, those things are going on in my head. Now, there, I walk in, I'm late, and blah, 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 in my mind's eye as I sit in the car. And I made a commitment to be here on time in the past. So there is me in the past with the commitment. And I see me in my mind's eye already here, even though I'm in the car. And, and depending on those images, as I witness those, you know, it's crazy making to believe there are three of me. Mm. There's the one there. There's the one in the past. There's the one in the car. So just to be just clear enough about, you know, just, I guess we could say, just to be clear enough, as we witness the answer to who am I, the woman in the car, and, and, and we talked a little earlier before the mindset about guessing, you know, the woman in the car, because my mind is so, you know, everything is questioned. So, um, so simply, I'm watching this movie, Past, Future, There Are Three Me's, so I've got to get sane enough, or I'm blessed enough to be sane enough to see the movie I'm witnessing is the cause of all my emotions. It's the cause of anxiety. And um, so it's not as though we are just, you know, um, we're just struck with anxiety because, you know, some kind of payback. It's as- we're asleep to the dream. That's all. It's not serious. But we really, some of us get terribly worried. Everything, you know, on a scale from one to ten, ten being like really upset. Maybe we would start talk sharply to the driver or hurry up, hurry up. And it's um, it's. A, a kind of, it, it's a trance, and we're not guilty. It's just, you know, when when your mother says um, it's a window, the moment you believed it, well, the next time you turn around, you expect to see the window, but you're not seeing the window in your mind's eye. You see it there from the past. You turn and you see the window because it's been, you've attached name to object. Shakespeare talks about, you know, like in one of his, one could argue, slightly misogynistic passages about like women naming sort of God's creatures, naming the plants. Now, you know, I'm sure Shakespeare is a great enough genius to when he refers to uh, women to mean sort of aspects of the whole self, you know, feminine, masculine within any individual, regardless of the construct of uh, their sex or gender. I am... but I am aware as a, I, we have young children, my wife and I, a two-year-old and a one-year-old. And while I'm downloading 
language to her I feel that you know that I recognize that these are sort of limiting systems necessary limiting systems language being one of the great <laughs> determinants uh, of our species w- without which you know how, how would society civilization for what it's worth how would it you know be achieved but I'm wondering how I simultaneously teach a child to be a participant in society and civilization while recognizing that there is no essential windowness to a window. Well, you know, with with my grandchildren, because my children were almost grown, they were leaving, they had left home by the time I had this experience. But with my grandchildren, I can say, oh, you are the sweetest, you know, when they were babies, they're the sweetest, oh my gosh, I love you so much, because if I can see through the illusion, they have the same ability. But I am here to to connect and and be present with and laugh and play and do what i can you know it's it's um to do what i can by nature what experience may i so like you've become an extremely successful author and teacher what happens from the moment of the epiphany that you know Let's not give the cockroach too much credit. It's just a just an innocent, no, inadvertent it, participant. It woke me up out of a out of a dead sleep. So I woke up in two ways. I wake up the way we wake up every morning, but in that particular instant, you know, looking back, the only way I can say it yeah, is yeah. Um, is um, without identification. You've never. I am. I mean, perhaps this is where we where there would be a departure from the sort of non-naming oneness of pure consciousness as soon as you enter into to- totemism. But I would. Mm. Uh, I, I think it's curious that a cockroach is a creature, you know, the, the sort of cliche of the cockroach would survive nuclear war, that they can live through anything. They're the lowest creature. They're loathed. And from this place of lowness comes enlightenment. I like it mythically. I like it as a mythos. Yeah, it is. Um, it, it really is. It, it really is quite a quite a um, symbol. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, a powerful point of departure. From that time on, how did you have like an experience that could perhaps have been fleeting? And you know, you could have. I'm sure people have moments of epiphany and then return to ordinary, as it were, life. How is it that from this platform you continued to evolve and develop? You know, I can um, I can only assume that it was just powerful enough and I supported it enough because the absence of suffering was there. And that was, um, that was oh my goodness. People ask me, um, are, you know, they'll say, like, are you enlightened? And I'll say, yes, I know the difference between what hurts and what doesn't because that really was that, that, that made those two worlds just major. I, I experienced the possibility and nurtured it. The preceding 10 years had been depression, as you said, low self-esteem, instinctively and unconsciously banishing yourself to the floor of your own bedroom. And this was a time of uh, suffering and pain. And from that moment, you're saying, so like what I suppose is not implied is you're stating is that from this position of witnessing what most of us regard to be ourselves, there is a experience of liberation. 
I witnessed the cause of all suffering, and I could say in my own experience, I witnessed the cause of all suffering. What is it? I believed my thoughts. <laughs> we believe our thoughts. We've got this ongoing narrative inside our head. I, yeah, I, sh- I mean, I meditate, you know, as much as I can, certainly mm-hmm. every day, hopefully multiple times in a day. So I, I experience the, the tenacity of thought, you know, how easy and seductive it is to fall into the whirlpool of constant inner narration. It's a challenge. What meditative techniques do you use to avoid that, to sustain this state of enlightenment? Meditating on um, what I would identify what I'm thinking, believing, and then questioning what I'm believing. And it's it's like if you find a universal thought, like um, um, people don't really care, or let's say people don't care about me. Yeah. And the four questions I use are, is it true that person doesn't care about you? Now, to meditate in that, you would find the situation when you are actually believing it. Let's say someone said something to you, and 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 you just experience that person doesn't really care about me and yeah and um, and so it doesn't matter if it was 15 years ago 30 years ago yesterday it doesn't matter you you meditate out of that particular situation and then you see that person saying what they said and you see you there Mm -hmm. and then you get in touch with your emotions and question it that person doesn't care about me is it true so now you're looking directly into their face as you remembered it you're looking at their body language. You see what you see. That person doesn't care about you. Is it true? So what we're believing then affects the way we saw them then. It affects who we believe them to be. It identifies them. But when we slow down the next day or the next year or the next month to question it, in that situation, she doesn't care about me. Is it true? And and then just just witness it until until you see what you see and the answer is either yes or no it's one syllable it's not yes and you know the mind wants to make something of it but you just rest in whatever you see as that's it and um and then you move to the next question um, how do you react notice witness in your mind's eye meditating there how you react what happened when you believed the thought now then, uh, Katie, what if the answer is no, it's not true. I can tell that the person does care about me, but just in that moment they were angry or they were caught up. How do you deal with question two? I would answer, I would answer yes. It's got to be, um, you know, I can justify it. You know, they, they really do care about me. Mm. But in that moment in time, you know, I'm looking again. So it could be yes or no. This is such private work. I see. So like in a, I'm just thinking of a, a situation where I was sort of a teenager and someone said something very aggressive to me. And in that moment, like it was, I felt the tectonic plates of my being jar in that moment. And it was one of those, all of us, I suppose, have sort of personal milestones of that thing happened. Yes. Yes. So now you can go back and continue to meditate in that and notice how you reacted, what happened. You described the emotions you felt. Mm. So you, now you're getting in touch with Shame. those. 
shame and get in touch with where you first felt it. Was it your chest? Was it your shoulders, your neck? Stomach. So stomach. So you're just going to be in that and allow those emotions to be as you continue to witness in your mind's eye, eyes closed, that situation. Or open, you know, meditators can do it, opened or closed eyes. So um, then how does the mind work? How do I react when I believe the thought? Emotions, we think, come first, but they don't. Mind is the originator of all. So how do I react and believe the thought? Emotions, we experience them first. Uh-huh. That's a, a bit of a sleepness, but it's the first knee-jerk thing. But what's happening, and, and you can track this as a meditator, so being there now in that situation, notice the images of past and future that were in your head in that situation and time. I see. So I relive that moment. I remember what I felt. What if you can't connect with the images that were or what you were thinking? You're just meditating in there. You just meditate in there. But they did happen or you could happen or you could not or there would be no cause to emotion. Mind is cause. Life is is um, is effect. With um, my feeling is that uh, like the, and and obviously I don't yet know where this concludes is that many of the in in the because I'm a twelve step person many of the resentments that I've had in my life when I've had uh, opportunity to look again at those resentments as I've done with even the example I was mentally using then has been to recognize that the people I have interacted with in my life are themselves flawed and that uh, it does me a disservice to hold on to resentments even from childhood you know that there is no such thing as righteous anger that in that uh, whatever I feel that I have to get to the point of forgiveness and surrender and letting go because otherwise I can't progress, I can't advance. And do you have the challenge in your work of people saying, hold on, yeah, but I was sexually abused as a child, so... I would say, let's go there. And and I have, um, I have um, like, this, this sheet. Like, let's say I was sexually abused, I would go to that place. You know, that's a very heavy thing for us to discuss. I don't, I hope everyone can follow it, but... but um, I would go to that place. Oh, you know, I have one where I was. So I would go to that place. I was about four years old, three years old, and um, I was in a house that this um, man that smelled like alcohol, this old man, was um, was to do repairs in it. And um, and I was over there. And, um, and, and the alcohol, as I tell you about it, you know, I'm 76 years old, I can still experience the alcohol and uh, enough to, to, to be in touch with it so I can talk about it. So, and that's what you were referring to as memories. Yes. And, and so um, he wanted to take me into the bathroom. That's the moment and, and close the door. And so that is... I'm standing in the kitchen by the sink, and the bathroom is just a few steps away. And that's where he says, we're going. He wants to take me, gets my hand. Now, I'm going to just freeze right there with you now. 
And I'm going to identify what I was thinking and believing then because I was terrified. Wow. And um, and so um, so he's going to hurt me. Okay, so because I didn't know about molest, I just he's going to hurt me. And and let's see, it was that or I'll never see my parents again. I was so little, but let's say he's going to hurt me. So. How do I react when I believe the thought? And I'm standing there. I'm not in the bathroom yet. How do I react when I believe the thought? I see an image in my mind's eye of the of like a nano future away where he's going to walk me into that door. He's going to open it, and it's dark in there, and he's going to close the door, and he's going to hurt me. So you see, that was the future, what I'm calling the future. I saw that in my mind's eye at such an early age. And then I saw an image of the past where I was safe at home. And I saw walking over to the house that I didn't really want to come. I, was over, I, I didn't want to go any further, and I didn't turn back. So I'm seeing those images of the past. Now, so I see that safety from the past, and I see myself in the bathroom with the man. Now, so far, he's just got my hand. Nothing terrible is happening. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. Mm. So what is frightening me? Is it that man, or is it the, or is it the images in my head of past-future comparison? In this, in that moment, it is the past-future comparison. And you will find it is never any different. And we're just talking about time and, and the apparent lengths of time as, as people, um, like if, if he were penetrating me, it is the, this is pretty heavy here, but, but it would be, it would be my imagining what he's going to do next in the next nanosecond because what has happened isn't frightening me. What I'm imagining is going to happen next is what is frightening me. That in my mind's eye. You believe that that is how fear functions. Fear is always speculative, even if in that moment you are being subjected to violence. You don't think that you're frightened in that moment of the actual violence. You think it's a projection. Do you think that is... So that's a sort of your... That is your belief of how consciousness functions. What I can honestly say is it is my experience in how consciousness functions. And I have been testing this for little more than three decades yeah i can't find an exception like the people that then have experienced like did in this example did it go on to become child abuse or did you get out of that house prior i what happened was we went into the bathroom and what happened there i can't uncover uh-huh. But, so what you think, file not found, your memory refuses to store it. it exactly. And, and so I can, say, I, can, I, could, I could say a lot of stories about what he did. It would all be guesswork until mm. I can identify them. And if I don't remember, then it didn't happen to me. Let's say if it happened, it happened, it, it happened in his world, but not mine. And I'm very, like you, very open to for it to surface. 
There is no question that much of suffering, in my mind, you know, I recognise that we're talking about your area of expertise. In my mind, there's no question that much of suffering is about narrativization. But I can sense some people listening will say, no, but what about when actually someone, when you do recall, I, like, I had a couple of instances of uh, abuse in my own childhood that were uh, quite minor compared to some of the horrific things I've you know heard people describe um so but the sort of moment of actual like where I'm actually being touched it's not like when I think about it yeah I w- it wasn't that you know bad but it's the after subsequently I you know like I that made me feel unsafe in other situations. It made me feel that I couldn't trust caregivers, etc. It will because that that comes from the past, that remembering whether uh-huh. you're aware of it or not, and then that transposes to the future. You know, you know, like it's going to happen again. You imagine it yes. happening, and that is the cause of fear. In a sense, that is the nature. I wonder what you feel about this, Katie. One would say, perhaps, that the nature of trauma is that it disrupts you from your essential path. But it seems that like, that from the moment of trauma, you are off on a tangent, off on an angle, an event of abuse or violence. From that, subsequent to that, you are, you are a changed person. Now, in your uh, worldview... It's almost like the way that that problem is resolved is by recognizing that the experiencer of the event is a construction. And by letting go of the person that experienced the event, by recognizing the event is just a sequence of beliefs and comparisons, we can be liberated from that pain. Do you think that extrapolates to, I'm thinking of friends of mine, you know, that I've heard, you know, told me stories and then he took me outside and then he beat me up on the floor and then he raped me, you know, like, like... Do you think that even in examples as extreme as that, the work can be applied in the same way, that there are gradients of speculation and fear? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it takes a lot of courage to do this work. It takes a lot of courage. It, 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 it takes um, someone with an open mind and um, willing to take responsibility for their own life and mind. But how can we if we don't understand how the mind functions? And, you're, and you think that the key discovery is that it's a sort of a comparative system. Because like in 12-step technology, we would say, you know, of course it's wrong that a person abused you. But what is more wrong is that you are continuing to suffer from this experience now when that is no longer happening. And the fact that you've been through that experience will enable you to be of value and use to other people that have experienced similar suffering or abuse you know it's i suppose it doesn't go as well elsewhere in the 12 steps you know the 12 step itself having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps uh, we carry the message and you know vow to practice these principles in all our affairs so that the spiritual awakening of step 12 assumes that that we recognize oh i was never that person anyway i was living in a matrix of false beliefs false connections false attachments and now one day at a time i pray and practice and meditate in order to be free of those beliefs it feels that yours has is there any have you is that is that your experience you were describing yes 
Yeah, yes, that's beautiful. my experience. That's my experience. Yes. Well, I just you know, one thing, one thing I I just respect that so much. I don't care how people get free. I just know that freedom is our birthright. Yes. And I was shown something that um, has served a lot of people, but it's not the. It, it's you know, there are so many beautiful ways, and whatever works, that's what I'm for. Yes, yes, me too. I mean, there are sort of so many different cultural biases, so many different experiences, but it seems we're all trying to get to the same point of a kind of union and a, a freedom from the sense of separation that the individualistic, materialistic life seems to endow people with. It's a hard thing to achieve, I think, Katie, when our culture continues to iterate that the most important things are... Uh, power, prestige, privilege, money, status, uh, that's sex. So that's so against our our what I would refer to as our true nature. What do you think our true nature is? Uh, just living as a kind, selfless human being. The kindest, most selfless human being I can possibly be, whatever that is. Do you have any, like, I noticed that your worksheet here that we're discussing, which, like, just to quote it so people get an idea, think of a stressful situation with someone, for example, an example, as you meditate on that specific time, this is obviously what we've just been discussing, and place, begin to feel what it felt like, fill in the blanks below, use short, simple sentences um the work the work is here is entitled the judge your neighbor worksheet now uh, it, it, linguistically that's christian in its in its just i just mean semantically the judge your neighbor that feels immediately like sort of yeah. american and, 1930s christianity and, and that's really weird because i certainly didn't mean it to be this is the one closest to you in the moment mm-hmm. are, are you do you, firstly, do you believe in God and are you Christian and what do you think about religion and I, stuff? I believe in um, that um, the universe is friendly and if I have a religion, I'd say that's it. That's lovely. That's kind of what I believe. I was doing my sort of live work last... I, I don't believe the universe is friendly. I get that universe is friendly and as a skeptic, I'm testing it all the time. Yeah. That you're essentially optimistic that you but that you don't stop at the point where it's like, oh, yeah, but there's so much suffering, there's so much pain, there's so much anguish, war, famine, cruelty. I, I can't find an exception How? to this, um, like, it's a friendly universe, I cannot find an exception. How do you then uh, 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 oppose those that say, yeah, but look at all of the pain and suffering that's happening on a global scale I corruption, don't etc. oppose them if someone said look at all the pain and suffering in the world I would stop and I would look <laughs> and and look yeah everyone that's ever been in any pain in your life is lives in your imagination now you have no other proof and let's say if this beautiful woman had all the proof she would t- she would validate that but you would believe her, and it's still all in your head. I and yeah. just from right here, right now. I completely recognise that our experience of the world is taking place solely within our in the confines of our own consciousness, and we have literally no evidence that there is an empirical reality. The reality, as received through our senses, reconfigured in our mind, we have no one else's word for it that that is real. But 
in a way, I can see that we sometimes sail through these kind of, I would say, Eastern-derived beliefs, even though they, I, like you, believe them to be universally true. Uh, from a scholastic perspective, these would be regarded as uh, Eastern mystical traditions, that uh, that they sail quite close to nihilism in a sense of you know, that nothing is real, nothing is true. Now, I, I would, like like you, I believe the universe is friendly and that there is love and beauty and our job here on Earth it's is to support It's just that the universe is as I believe it to be. And, and, like, I'm responsible for you. Like, my life is about connection and I'm responsible for you, meaning if I'm not connected to you, no matter what you say or do, then I have to look to myself and see what I'm thinking about you, thinking and believing about you that would cause that separation because you don't have the power. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. Part of the step four process, it's a sort of a column process comparable to this uh, excellent work of yours. You say, oh, like I resent, you know, this kid that bullied me at school because he bullied me at school what does this affect my pride my self-esteem my personal relations and the fourth column where am I making a mistake what are my fears what defects of character does this bring out in me and it allows in my experience uh, of this program it's demonstrated that I am a I am a participant in my own misery that I continue to prop it up but what I would say is like What's going to be, this is what I'm interested in, is how do we intersect our personal spiritual perspectives with what we could perhaps refer to as an ongoing media narrative, which is increasingly present in this globalized space that we find ourselves in, where we all know this massacre's happened in Sri Lanka, this massacre's happened in Christchurch. This particular politician is saying this, that, and the other. Now that you know, and 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 then from more locally, if I drive around Los Angeles and I pass, you know, thirty, forty homeless people living in the worst kind of destitution, what you know, these things are inverted commas real. Now, of course, I have, I can choose how I relate to those external objects, events, phenomena. But what what do you do with that? Well. I don't judge if they're miserable or not, number one, the last piece of what you were saying. I don't judge if they're miserable or not. That's not for me to say. But I am connected enough to walk up and ask them if I'm interested. Uh, if if I if if I'm concerned, you know, if in my mind I think, oh, they could be hungry. What is stopping me from walking up and saying, "Are you hungry? <laughs> what can we do about it?" You know, this this clarity is um it's it's a state of of fearlessness. There's nothing more powerful than 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 being clear in one's own mind or i can stand there and 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 just feel sorry for them and suffer and suffer and then feel guilty that i didn't give them money or i did give them money and 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 um, they don't appreciate it and they didn't look me and i mean on and on and on no 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 am i connected am i connected when you say am I connected, you mean to yourself Meaning and to them in I that moment? Meaning I, I, I don't, anything that would separate me from another human being, I would question. I wouldn't take it for granted that it's true or not true. That's shortcut. Once you, um, so initially you have this, uh, I'm going to call it an epiphany. You have this epiphany. 
how did you go about investigating and exploring it? Did you read much, for example? Did you? I, no religion. My family laughed at religious people and uh, growing up, and um, or at at least, mm. um, and you know, it wasn't a part of our lives. My mother sent me to early Sunday school. My brother and sister and I, I think, um, you know, occasionally, I think she just wanted a break from children. But so mm. there was not like that. And reading um, has never been my thing. And ultimately, I did receive we could say the book of me to read and I found the entire world is in me, in my head. And that for example, if if it's like you can only be what I in, in my world, what I believe you to be, who I believe you to be, that will be my friend and that can never be you. But, but the you as I understand you to be. So who are you? Are you? You're not outside. You're inside of me. I'm concocting you. I yes. am. And, yes. and I respect this process that wouldn't stop anything that would cause a disconnect for you in me. In other words, our, my relationship with you, my relationship with you. And I would question and and I wouldn't fool myself. It's not about being positive. It's not about it's not about a tricky mind. It is I would question anything I believed about you that would separate me from you or, or you know, any kind of disconnect. And um and it's the same for you. Who you believe me to be is um is all you're ever gonna have for me. This is true would you say, Katie, of even uh intimate relationships absolutely that, that that your partner in life is a a concoction a construction within your absolutely. own consciousness and if there is a war in my home i started it that's what i love about this go on talk me through it, that it would be um uh, gosh what's an example um let's say my husband said something very unkind <laughs> And and um, and we just met him, and he seems so lovely. I can't imagine him doing that. He came in with Borges. He's a kind, friendly man. I've never known him to be unkind. I don't even think it's in him. <laughs> but let's say he was in just very unkind, insulting, and and <laughs> and and so. Um, and I didn't say anything. I was just, you know, I was, I was, I was just hurt. And um, and then he comes in the next morning, and he says, "Good morning, honey," with this big smile on his face. And I, I give him the look, you know, and I don't speak to him. And he's all happy morning guy, and and I am punishing. Okay, so why am I punishing him? In my mind's eye, I see the Stephen of yesterday. I see yesterday Stephen. Yes. Now, am I punishing the right man? No. No. This guy's innocent. He's just come in. So like a Yes. Do you So I mean that's insane. <laughs> yeah, 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 it is. I, I And and that hurts me and guilt. I you, you I cannot I can't think and believe, you know, I, I, I refer to them sometimes as post-its. He is this, he is that, she is this, she is that. So I cannot 
put all those post-its on a person without questioning them. Because I, if I, if I am unkind to Stephen, he says, good morning, honey, and I'm unkind to him, then I'm going to experience guilt because I'm believing something against my nature. Now, that will um, cause a kind of defense to go up in me if he says something, for example. Or, either way, I'm going to feel guilt. Now, why am I feeling guilt? Because I'm believing something that's out of time. I mean, it's, it's um, you, you could say, antiquated. I am out of my head. So, um, out of my right mind. So... Um, um, if I say or do anything toward another human being, let's say toward Stephen that morning, I'm going to feel guilt. And when you talk about 12-step programs, guilt is the food that, that addiction feeds on. We cannot get away with it. Guilt, what do you do with it? What do you do with it? Human beings don't know what to do with it. We don't all know what to do with it. But I can identify what I'm thinking and believing about Stephen, and I can sit in myself and meditate in that situation where I was, I did the thing I feel guilty over, and, and then see what comes of it. And I can go back when I'm of right mind, which it does, it clears up if our mind is really open to what's true and what's not. And and then I can go back and I, I can simply say, if I mean it in, in its integrity, so I do. I really look to myself. So I can say, um, sweetheart, you know, the way I looked at you this morning and I was short with you, and um, I want to apologize for that. I'm really sorry. And And he doesn't say, what are you sorry? I mean, he, I mean, it's it's really not about him, is it? It's about me just saying out loud as a way. It's how the mind works for me to get it into my cells. That's why forgiveness is the ultimate healer. Yes, yes. Um, these uh, both of the systems similarly are within the, the 12 step philosophy there step a is about forgiveness being willing to own your own part in any resentment that you have step 10 is remaining continually present and continuing to inventory when you stray now and, and what is eight again eight is uh, made a list of people we've harmed and became willing to make amends to them all so i can make amends to Stephen. And I can admit what I did and what I said and apologize, but I'm, I'm to get even closer to it. I don't know what's working, but it's certainly working well in you. And they're so similar as you, as you, as you talk. Well, what it feels like with what you have created or translated or transmitted is that, uh, that oh, the, I, I know what it is. It, the cause of what I said and did, that's what I'm going to. Whereas the other is I, I, I'm sorry I said what I did. And, and I'm really, we could say, clean with that. But I haven't addressed original cause. Which may have preceded What I that. was thinking and believing was the cause of me being short and punishing. 
it, it gets to quite an esoteric place, Katie, this. It gets to the point where... It gets to ground zero. It gets to ground zero. It's like saying that all reality is a construction, nothing is but real. But it's not saying it, it's proving it out. <laughs> if it can be proven, and that's that's up to each of us individually if, if we look into the practice. You're right, because we are all a point of attention in limitless consciousness. So you're right, we're all individually going to have to interface with this idea. Yeah. But how... Doesn't it? Isn't it hard to live in the world? Because most people, I feel, don't like. If someone did something yesterday, like if you come in and smash, uh, throw a glass of water at me on Monday morning, and then I see you Tuesday morning, I go, I'm angry about Monday morning. Like, but if your defence is, hey, that was another woman <laughs> from a, a long time ago. Have a word with Monday, Katie, about that. You know, like. You know, in a sort of, if you think of our sort of our cultural philosophy at the moment, it's so blaming, it's so damning. If you think of our criminal justice system, our willingness to punish and persecute mentally ill people, people that are coming from social backgrounds that have never given them opportunity to access any positivity, any self-nurture or nurture from anywhere else. Those people are victimized and condemned. Does this ever become political for you is another question. How do you function in a world that has such uh, antithetical beliefs? And does this not become political to you? Those are my two questions. Okay, okay. So um, what is, uh, what's a political judgment? A, a judgment on politics? He or she, what? What I mean by does this become political for you is if you believe something to be absolutely true... Do you not want to see those principles acted out socially? You know, I don't have a lot of power over that. But whatever they're doing Would politically... Would you like to get some? Because I'm working on methods. <laughs> <laughs> but here's a method. So whatever I see that they are, let's say, guilty over, guilty of... Um, where do I do that in my life? That's the you know that way. There's one less mm. sick politician in the world. Yes, I understand. And I take care, of, but that's all I can do. You say, instead of saying, "Oh, I disagree with this politician or that politician because they are corrupt or bellicose or ugly or misogynistic," it's, it's not that I can't see it. But where's my compassion? Have you ever have you ever said or done something that you felt guilty over? And look at how you react when you believe the thought, and you're guilty. It's a it's a it's a cycle, and the guilt, the addiction. Okay, so if there's a politician out there doing what I did, in one form or another, where is my compassion for that human being? You know what they're guilty of, what they're thinking and believing about them, about the world themselves, the people yes. around them, their own security. And so I just look at, you know, where is it that I'm worried about mine? Where is it that I cheat another human being or I disconnect or I, mm. you know, blah, blah, mm. blah. And, and how do I say, uh, what do I say to cover it up? How wow. political am I? Do That's you not do a little stuff, thing. Ben. No, I get you. Do you, can I say, I know like that your example about Stephen was clearly hypothetical having met him because he's too delightful to be capable of being <laughs> evil Monday morning Stephen. Too wise, yeah. Uh, it's very, very in touch. So do you like 
do you on a like because whilst I understand everything you're saying and to a point I think I practice some of those things and experience them I still on a daily I by the end of today may have said to Jenny oh will you like Jenny who is working here or other people that I work with oh you shouldn't have done that or you know I have with I have blame in me I have that kind of stuff and I'm working on letting go of all of it because I recognize it's inappropriate I, I say you shouldn't have done that well I shouldn't have done that I accuse you or I point out, it's my judgment you shouldn't have done it. Mm. I don't know what, you know, I don't know the cause of what you are thinking and believing that caused you to do that or or it was even impulse. But the moment I say you shouldn't have done that, I've got someone really close to home to work with. (laughs) Have you, so you're saying you've transcended those habits and patterns and that's no longer present in your behavior? What I can honestly say is that um, if I haven't, it will show up. Because you know what? And I know what to do with it. I think we want a reality TV show called antagonize Byron Katie uh-huh. where a sequence of See, you, you could you could be that push in my life I'm after <laughs> yeah yeah I see, see you how spiritual you really are <laughs> exactly. I'm moving in I've touched all of your stuff I'm yeah. moving I've torn up Stephen's Bouches book yeah. and and that could be my push and you see on at the end of that that worksheet it's like yes. I'm willing for you to do that I look forward forward for you to do that to see if there's anything left in me that would disconnect from you now the reason i i can i can honestly say that is if i believed what you believed when you were doing those things i would do the same thing how could i not how what beautiful compassion and empathy all right this is or, a brilliant or, or system. just saying a sanity how does this system work then like uh, you know, from like from the get go, how like well, how do we work this process? Okay, so um, find uh, find a time in your life when um, when you saw someone as cruel, someone was being cruel, or a time in your life where there was an argument, someone said something that that just set you off. So you see a situation with someone in your mind's eye, it could be petty or it could be dramatic. Anger, anything from discontent to um, to furious. Um, yeah, I can think of a good petty one okay. from yesterday. So you can say he or she, and what was the situation? I uh, was performing at a theatre, but I got the... Well, I didn't actually get the wrong address, actually, because when I checked the email, I'd actually been given the right address. But I assumed that it was a particular address and that was the address I went to, then it wasn't that address. So I blamed the person, for uh, Charlie, who I work with, okay. for not making so, clear so to Charlie me. So Charlie gave you the wrong address? Actually, she didn't give me the wrong address. Oh. But <laughs> I, okay. She didn't give me the right address but in aggressively the, enough. But in the moment you were believing she gave you in the wrong moment, address. In that moment, that is what I believed. Yes. And that's the moment when you were heated. Yes. Okay. So write down... I am, um, and what was the emotion? What would you name the emotion? Furious, I, angry? angry. Okay. I'm angry with, with Charlie. Charlie. Forgive me the wrong address. Because she gave me the wrong address. <coughs> because she gave me the wrong address. Uh-huh. Now, in that situation, you're a meditator. So be there now. You're in the car. Okay. You're in the car. Yes. Okay. What did you want in that moment in time, in that situation, when you believe she gave you the wrong address, what did you want? I wanted to be at the right address, and I didn't want to experience any inconvenience. Okay. Now, right, two, number two, this is the second one. So 
and I want this to be the right address. I don't want to be inconvenienced. Mm. I don't want to be inconvenienced. Mm -hmm. Now let's go to three. Yes. Um, So three is um, to get what you want. um, What advice would you offer her in the car, in that situation? What advice would you offer her to get what you want? Ensure that you... She should or she shouldn't. She should clearly give me the addresses of locations that I'm working at. She should give me accurate addresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But remember, she actually did. This is Yeah, but but we're looking at where you were. And my imagination, because my imagination is the reality. Yes. It's the primary reality. What you're thinking and believing, yes. Just mm. give me accurate addresses or mm-hmm. stroke information. Yes, I understand. And um on and you have a kind mind. A lot of us would have said um, we would have gone further, and and sometimes we all do, sometimes we all don't. But you just take from your head what's there. So this is good. Now, four. Mm-hmm. So what do you need to be happy in that situation? Now, this isn't about guessing. It's going back to that man, you, in the car, in that situation, that moment in time, it, you see, it's the you're believing it's the wrong address. Mm-hmm. What do you need to be happy? I need the right address. I need her to give me the right address. I need her to have given me the right address to but be happy. May May I ask a question sure. here, Katie? In my perspective, like I, the, I should have taken. I, this is what I believe to be true: that I should have taken more responsibility to check the address. The information was there elsewhere on my phone, and the part of the the, the twelve step program is about getting me to a position where I'm willing to be responsible for my own life actions and beliefs. Yes, and yeah. and instead we are. If 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 that was in your mind, then write it down. Yeah, I mean, cause, because like I live with the tension of a burgeoning awakening. As soon as I feel like angry or lustful or judgmental, there's an, a witness in me that's going, do not be judgmental. You don't know what that person's reality is. You don't know what they've yeah, experienced. Yeah, and good luck with that. Sometimes it helps. Sometimes you override it. Mind overrides it. Well, whereas you feel this technique will hack that. Well, we'll see. You'll be right. the you're the one. You'll be the one that that. Um, I need her to give me the right address. So, where do we go from here? Um. So now, um, that was number, that was number four. Four. So now five. Yes. What were your thoughts about her then? This is really private work, but you know, it's intimate. What were your thoughts about her then? Your judgments. She is, or she... Uh, that she was not focused on the prevalence of the, the right information, that, that it would be obvious, that I would assume that it would be the Franklin Theatre, because that's the one that I would normally go to. So, so that she is... So she is... Inefficient. Inefficient. So write that down. She's inefficient. Anything, any other judgments about her in that situation? <sighs> Some of them think she she doesn't care about me. She's she anything along that line? Maybe no, it's just that. That it wasn't. I wasn't able to access like 
true condemnation yeah. even okay. in so that's a beautiful that's that's beautiful we're just taking we're not adding to or subtracting from we are on the four noble truths i just learned these recently on the the buddha's four noble truths the, there is suffering in the world, and yeah. I'd like to use the, the term discontent. There's suffering and discontent in the mm-hmm. world. Okay, the second noble truth, there is a cause mm. to this suffering in the world. Yes. The third one is there is a way out of suffering. Yes. And the fourth one is here's how, and that's what made up Buddhism. So Buddhism is how. Okay, now this is what, it's not Buddhism, even though um, Buddhists are just, they're seeing this as, as how. Yeah. On many, many and teaching it. So, um, so the cause of suffering is what you're thinking and believing. The cause of, in, in the car, what you were thinking and believing. Yes, it's causing me to suffer. And uh huh. And and here is the cause. You've identified the cause of suffering in that moment in time. So, if the Buddha is right at all, or I am, this was the cause of suffering. That's why we go back. We go there now, then now, and collect because that address. And 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 her, it's like no one can cause your suffering, but what you're thinking and believing, if this is accurate, the cause of your suffering, now we've collected it. So um, she is, all right. Now, the last one is, what is it about that situation or that person you never want to experience again? I don't want to experience judging another person for something that I could Take, take responsibility for, for myself. Good. So write that down in as short a sentence as you can without missing any of it. I don't want to judge other people harshly. For situations, I could control myself. Okay. So that's a really good one. I would question that one too. Some of us are so busy and our schedule so so tight. It's just not true that we can. Right. Yeah, so you so would say what that there's a no, version of that. No, no, I would leave that because it's what I was thinking and believing then. I want it as accurately on paper now as I was thinking then. Yeah. I don't want to make nice with it. I want to be authentic. Okay, so now look at the read the first one again. I am angry with Charlie because she gave me the wrong address. She gave you okay, man in the car. Yeah. Because you can only answer the questions from inside the car in that situation. Yes. So she gave you the wrong address. Is it true? No. She she didn't give me the... She did, wasn't overt enough or explicit enough with the correct information. And in that situation, I would have taken you to... Can I absolutely know that it's true? That she gave me the wrong information? You know, no. I just throw them. No. So on um, how do you react? Notice, witness, just meditate in how you reacted when you believed the thought. So this is where you begin to get in touch with your emotions and the images of past future. When I believed that that was true, I was irritated and angry and blaming. But because I'm a person that has a program that is about non-attachment to external data, I am aware whenever these feelings fire up, you know, unless 
I'm under attack from a tiger or a car's driving towards me. I don't need to be firing up my primal drives and systems. And yet you did. Yes. So how do you react when you believe the thought? <clears throat> Frustration, anger. Yes. Now, um, what images of past future can you see when you get really in the car, meditating there? Well, the image of past is, um, oh, I've left on time. I'm not going to be late to get to this theater. Well done. You're professional. And then the future is, I am going to be late. I'm going to, you know, the show's going to go wrong. I'm not going to be in a state of serenity. And Okay. Now, you see those in your lifetime. There's you in the in the future. There's you in the past. There's you in the car. So, you know, answer the question, who am I? You know, at a, at a, a very superficial level. You can't be all three. That's crazy. You've been to a movie where it was dramatic and, and maybe really scary and you wanted to walk out of the movie. This is a movie. That this is what's meant by life as a dream. Mm. Okay, so you witness that happen so quickly, you don't know it's happening. But it has to be there for you to experience. So you think, you, you, you see the images, you believe a story onto those images of past, future, and those false you, the term ego. That is the ego. And so, you know, who am I? The man in the car now. Now the fourth question, who would you be? Who would you be without this thought? So just be in the car, drop the thought, she gave me the wrong address, and look out the window. Can you see it? It was there. Yeah, it, I can see what I could see yeah. in that moment. And, you know, here we are. You know, you, you're wrapped up in those images of past, future, and and you see outside the windows, but you miss it. You see the trees. You see the sky. It's all there, this friendly universe. But you, you're believing mm. over it in pure innocence. It's the ego. It's how it works. It's the ego is um, is mind, and mind is not object. It can never be. So it is fighting full time to be a something, to be something, mm. and it can never be. It's a hopeless chase. So it's very good at um, at tricking itself it's really really fighting for its life that's interesting and and so if love is the power and in my life it is connection a lot of terms for it but if i can't love my ego i can't understand it so i had that going for me i understood something when you said that 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 the ego like as a sort of uh hub of perception continually forms attachments via preferences and dislikes in order to assume the qualities of an object that it doesn't isn't forced to be forever transient and baseless and not there that would, selfless that that and that is how it trick it tricks itself into false identity That's good. that is how you can say i mm. that's how you can even believe your name 
Yeah. I have had, like, uh, when I was younger, I used to sort of feel like that when I first wake up in the morning, I could just be another person today. I could just say I'm like a Jamaican well, yachtsman. Yeah. I could be anybody. Well, you, you, you were really on to something important there. Okay, so um, you see who you'd be without it. And um, in, in that situation, aware. Now let's turn it around. She gave me the wrong address. What's an opposite? By turn around, it's like um, you found this great pair of shoes you want, but you have to make sure it fits, that it's comfortable before you buy it. So we find opposites and we try them on just to see if it fits. So it's, it's, it's not an absolute. It's just something to muse in. So she gave me the wrong address. What's an opposite? She gave me the right address. Okay, so just muse that. Beautiful man in the car. Could it is that reasonable to assume? Yes. Okay, so now you pick up the phone and you call. Because you can. Your mind isn't full of she this, she that, uh. I this, I that. So there's space and that's 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 that creative space where it's you don't have to know anything. It's 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 just obvious. Are you saying that by con- by repeating this process a number of times, you find yourself in a position where you are not so easily seduced by these impulses, or indeed these impulses become eradicated? Let me know. You know, for me, for me, like. This, if we do this whole worksheet, this will shift other areas of your life because she gave me the wrong address. Look how far reaching that is. He did it wrong. She did this wrong, did that wrong. Just, I mean, it affects this, just that sentence affects yes. so many areas of your life. Should we do the rest of the worksheet then? Yes. So let's look at two. I want to be... Well, we're, we're going to turn that around. Well, we did. And, and yeah, she gave you the right address. Yes, yes. And there's another one. You talk about responsibility. She gave me the wrong address. Another opposite. Can you find another turnaround? Oh, she gave me the wrong address. We looked at that one. Was she... Uh, she sh- uh... Well, no, that was the original. Uh-huh. She gave me the right address. So you call and check. Okay, now another turnaround. I gave me the wrong address that's responsible yes did you check it out no. did you did you did you ask her you know did you double check this no. um you know etc so all the responsibility and it, all the emails all did say uh, ucb sunset they all said that ucb sunset they did say that as opposed to what i'm my expectancy in from a 12-step perspective i would be exposed to you have unrealistic expectations it's not, it's not enough for someone to have emails that say ucb sunset what you want is for someone to go hi russell knowing the inside of your mind intimately and accepting full responsibility for you i i just want to make sure that you know it's not franklin like so i would say that's an unrealistic expectation to have of another person absolutely Absolutely. And and with this, she gave me the wrong address. I gave me the wrong address. I didn't look at it and say, I don't understand yeah. this as clearly as I would if you wrote the whole thing out. So so from this, do you, would you say that part of it is an action in the real world of saying, hey, will you give me, make sure you give me clear addresses? You know, enlightenment doesn't mean stupid. 
<laughs> it's the or extreme opposite or indifferent for sure. That's not our nature. I can't, could, I, I could never get away with that. What happens to passion? I sometimes think this when I speak oh, to people. Oh, are you kidding? Oh, oh my gosh, without a past and future, anyone, no one knows what passion is until they're present i'm and and you are a meditator so you know what it is to be present with that because you never know when you're present you don't know where that person's hand or mouth you 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 have no idea what's going to happen next and there's nothing more exciting than that don't know mind just letting it happen and and just allowing what is there to show itself and you don't even know where your own hand and mouth and legs and movement are going to go it's just it's um it's um you know for all we know very few people have ever really had authentic sex (laughs) (laughs) that was good i didn't see that coming you were doing that in the moment weren't you you were riding on the flow of ideas (laughs) (laughs) and and experience Get yourself into the present where oh, authentic a, it, sex it, it, is available and delicious life, ice cream, perhaps at the same time. Yeah, and life is like that. Life is orgasmic. It's it's an it's a it's a surprise. Life is a, a surprise, and and when you know your own nature, you see it in everything. So there's no fear in it. I recognise that you. Uh, are connected to bliss i i really respect this work it is incredibly beautiful uh byron katie we've been speaking for 70 minutes i've enjoyed it i feel like i've been educated i know there's a lot more i could learn from you this has been a wonderful conversation i'm very very grateful to you thank Thank you, you russell what a trip being with you i love it i love your mind Thank you for what you do in the world. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for what you do. I hope I get to spend time with you again. I look forward to it. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Byron Katie. Remember to let me know what you thought of it on Instagram. Tag me at True Russell Brand or tweet me at Rusty Rockets with the hashtag under the skin. We're on the new uh, podcast app Luminary. Sign up at luminary.link forward slash Russell to get free months for free. You've got to do it because in, like, on the 20th of May, we won't be on other platforms no more. In the meantime, have a listen back to some of the previous episodes like Kahindi Andrews on a global black revolution he's good wendy mandy on spiritual revolution brian cox on the vitality of physics and the kind of nihilistic limitlessness but also humanitarian beauty beauty just because francesca and raul martinez they're good they're pretty radical lovely people please uh, subscribe and share it but more importantly sign up to that luminary app Remember, I'm going to do some more live shows in LA. Come see me. Get tickets from russellbrand.com. Mostly I'm doing it at a place called Wanderlust. It's like a yoga studio. People like it there. I give people counselling. Imagine those Instagram videos I do or those videos I do on Twitter or whatever and this podcast. Imagine that as a show with a bit more chaotic humour in it. And if it's chaotic humour you like, check out Rebirth on Netflix. And remember, Get Mentors is available as an audiobook on Kindle, Hardback, US and Canada, and support independent bookstores because there's a festival of that coming up and I think I'm going to do an event in Pasadena. You might be able to come and see me do that. Thanks for listening to Under the Skin from Luminary Media.